0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.
1: We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show here on Unity Online Radio. This is where we uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty, the stunning, glorious beauty of who you are. And I am so excited to be here with you today. The number to call in if you have a question about your dreams or about how to turn your dreams into art. The number to call is 816-251-3555. 816 816- Two five, one, three, five, five, five. I have another live one today. I have a live guest, meaning not a virtual guest. I have a live one, and it's Joan Gelfand and I'll be introducing her to you in a moment. She's the winner of the world Film Festival best poetry film. She is gracing us today and gracing me today in studio, meaning, In my house. (laughs) And I'm so excited. So before we get into how to turn your dreams into art, um, let's do a little prayer, shall we? So let's just take a big, deep breath. And as we're breathing nice and full and deep, just allow the cosmic roto-rooter to just whisk away any bit of stress worry, hurry, scurry, or flurry that you don't want to carry into the rest of your day. Let your exhales just be a releasing, a letting go, a dropping it like it's hot of anything that isn't you, isn't true, isn't going to lift you up to the highest. So as we let that go, nature abhors a vacuum. So we immediately... Breathe in that which we prefer, that which we desire, that which is higher, that which inspires. Oh my God, I'm in the presence of Joan Gelfand, so I'm rhyming. I just can't help it. She's the, such an amazing poet. So let's just breathe in the energy any energy that we want. Let's plug into the main line. And fill ourselves up with the peace that passes human understanding, with the grace, with the ease, with the wisdom, with the abundance, with the creative mojo, juju that never ends. Heaven on earth is truly a parallel plane. It doesn't come and go. It's us that comes and goes and plays hide and seek with it. But right now it's all in plain view. We are here. This is a heaven on earth moment. We're allowing this to be a lucid dream. One where we wake up, we come out of the clouds of the limited human thinking of the stinking thinking. And we go, ah, oh, we, we realize, wow. This is, we're right where we're supposed to be. We're who we're supposed to be. We're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. We are connected to all of life and all of life is on our side. Could not be more so. We could not be more full, more fulfilled if we tried. I'm not a Bible thumper, but I love the line in the Bible that, that who by striving could add one cubit to their stature. You cannot add one cubit to your stature. Even if you don't know what a cubit is, you can't add one thing. You cannot do another backflip to make yourself more magnificent. You are already there. You've already arrived. Ah, so from this place, we will explore what it is to dream and to wake up as a result of our dreams and to carry the dream through and into our waking lives to make our lives more lucid and more dreamy and more mad magnificent. And as I was just saying on the Facebook live pre-show, we don't have to be so terrifyingly courageous in our lives, meaning we don't have to stretch so far and and have life be scary if we're just coded in our dreams. And Joan's going to talk about this, making this film about her dream. If we were just trying to set out and make a film under ordinary circumstances, it might have been terrifying and scary, but because we were allowing the dream to lead us, it was just plain old fun. And we didn't even know we were making a film until like it turns out we made a film. And it turns out it won a bunch of awards or it's gotten accepted into all these film festivals and it just won best film in the World Film Festival. Not because we sought to do that, not because we're courageous, but because we were having fun and following the guidance of the dreams. So this has been a very long rambly prayer. So I'm just going to tie it up in a little amen, a woman and ah dreams. Thank you so much for listening today. Nancy T. Are you there? Did you pick a
2: dream oracle? I sure am. A hero's journey oracle card for us to start the day. I sure did. And it's called Build In Breaks or Saunter Slowly. And if you like numbers, it's number 15 in the stage three refusal of the call. Mm -hmm. So don't power walk. Saunter slowly in the sun, eating chocolate and carry a blanket so you can take a nap. (laughs) that's a quote (laughs) from sark i love her from sark yeah and you know i find that delicious so let's do that everybody and the message is (laughs) sometimes you don't feel like showing up and that's okay sometimes you want to quit and that's okay Sometimes you just want to hide your head under the covers, and that's okay, too. Resistance is part of the journey. However, where the hero takes a nap, then keeps on going, the ordinary person simply gives up. It's not that the hero doesn't ever fantasize about quitting, eating a tub of ice cream, and throwing their commitment off a hundred-story building. Oh, yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) the hero builds in space for resistance without having to burn any bridges the hero takes breaks paces themselves and allows resistance to join the epic journey because it's coming whether you want it to or not resistance as challenging as it may be has the right to be there but it doesn't have to stop you from moving forward on your hero's journey and the dream symbol is breakup. A breakup in a dream can denote change in a pattern in your life. However, it could also be a rehearsal helping you process your feelings about how you would handle the end of it if it did occur. Remember, the best relationships and projects survive many stops and starts on the way to become actualized. This dream could indicate the need for space from a destructive pattern in a relationship or job. These dreams can guide you through the process of ending and rebirth. And the mantra is... This is a journey, not a sprint, so build in breaks and reward myself along the way. Oh,
1: Nancy, thank you so much. Gosh, I think you you've pulled this card several times. I think we're Have are, I? Yeah, this oh, Lord. or I this is no. Know. I love it though because I always <laughs> I say when to. it comes to the hero's journey, the the resistance stage is one that people often overlook. Like, oh, you just skip over the resistance and then you get on to the thing. But really, resistance is the co-pilot resistance is along the ride every day when you're doing something creative, when you're taking a bold move. It's not something that you just get over. It's part of the human experience. So we might as well bake a cake for it. We might as well celebrate it. And we might as well sometimes give into it, take a big deep breath, eat a big tub of ice cream or whatever that is, and then find our way back and then get on our path. So I'm so glad that you keep pulling that card. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay, So we're going to ask Joan Gelfand about this in a moment, but let me just officially introduce her. And then we're going to dive on in. So, um, Joan Gelfand, besides being a dear, dear friend of mine, I actually have to say, I, you know, this may be TMI, but I'm heterosexual. But when I first met Joan, I had like a, a crush on her. Like, cause she's like not a sexual crush. Like, Oh my God, I have to jump her bones, but just like, Oh my God. This woman is so attractive. She's like, there's sparks that fly off her. She's so alive and so passionate and so creative and so gutsy. And just being around her makes me feel like, oh my God, I can do anything and I want to do everything. She was the... When I met her, she was the president of the San Francisco Women's um, Chapter of the Women's National Book Association. She soon thereafter became the national president of the Women's National Book Association. And she's just, you can't even believe the things that this woman does. And she makes it all seem so effortless, so natural, because it is to her. She's just extraordinary. So think of her as like a turbo booster. And you're welcome. I'm sharing her with you. Okay, so Joan co-hosted with me two years ago or for two years on my D Spot radio show, um, a segment that we had once a month called Dreams to Art. And it happened that she had her own trilogy of dreams. And, and that's a fancy word for saying she had a recurring dream that happened three times. <laughs> and she happened to create poetry out of those dreams. Um, she, and we're gonna talk about what she did with that. She's written a number of award-winning chapter books for short fiction and poetry books, and she wrote the book You Can Be a Winning Writer: The Four C's of Successful Authors. And we'll talk a little bit about that on the show today. She's the number one Amazon bestseller, by the way. And her novel, Fear to Shred, oh my God, it is so good. I got a chance to read a pre-publication copy of it, and it was riveting. It's it's all set in the Silicon Valley. It's a startup, and it's it's really like a subject matter that, because I'm not a technical person at all, I would have probably never been drawn to, but she brings the Silicon Valley to life and makes it so juicy and so alive and so relevant to what we all need to know about. So you end up learning a ton about tech, which is, whether we like it or not, it's part of our lives, and it's going to be more and more a part of our lives. So you learn a lot about tech, but the humanity behind the tech. So she, you can go to her YouTube channel. Um, look up Joan Gelfan. You can also do a YouTube search for the Ferlin Getty School of Poetics, and um, you can go to her website, JoanGelfan.com. So she lives and writes in San Francisco, but I've had the good fortune to kidnap her and have her sitting right next to me, and I like Hotel California. She can um, try to leave anytime she <laughs> wants, but she'll never. I'll never let her go. <laughs> okay. Without further ado, Joan Gelband, welcome to Unity Online Radio's Ask Doctor Dream Show. Welcome, Kelly. It's great to be here. It's so awesome to have you with me. Oh my goodness. Okay. So since Nancy picked the the card about resistance, you're somebody who is so ridiculously prolific. I get your newsletters and I'm like, oh my God, she published another book. Oh my God, she did another 10 <laughs> workshops and readings. Oh my God, she's in Paris again. Oh my God. I mean, you're like everywhere. So one would think that you have never known resistance. You've never known <gasps> discouragement or or like maybe I should throw in the towel, but have you? And if so, how do you deal with it? She laughs. laughs. Get closer to the mic. Kelly, make love to the mic. It's so funny
0: <laughs> because um, when you pick the hero's journey card. Nancy did. Nancy did. Um, <laughs> I have said that to people. I, you know, I feel like I'm on a hero's journey and they kind of look at me like, Hmm, I don't get that. So it's really nice to be around people who get what that is mm. when you're going for something and you know, this in your career in life, when you're going for something that mm. is in a competitive space and mm. that's spiritually and emotionally challenging, you have uh it's almost like on a clock. I, <laughs> I have my 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 months of I have just wasted my entire life. <laughs> I cannot believe i did this and thank the lord thank i have lord. a husband that is an angel yeah, yeah and he yes. had love you he never let me stop and wow. um i've wanted to throw in the towel many 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 and many and throw times. the towel at him and probably, th- if <laughs> not at him because he's so not amazing. adam not at adam, adam. <laughs> yes um You know, uh, uh, anybody who is working in the arts is going to hit the proverbial wall. You just, it's the rare person who's just on a constant stair step of ascending. But even if they are, I'm sure they have their moments. Exactly, that's a good point. Oh, Kelly, you always make the best points. Uh, That's true. Even if they are on an ascending path uh and you're not dropping back, which some of us are, um, at at times. Um yeah, I think emotionally we have our cycles where we're feeling confident and yeah. um clear and inspired. And then there's times where
1: Ooh, why are we feeling like where you're getting
0: so much feedback you
1: can't think <laughs> straight? <strength. laughs> We're always on the feedback, that was good, Joni. You use what's there. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. So,
0: you know, one thing for me, I mean, you brought up the novel. Yeah. I, I because I love you, I'm gonna be completely transparent it, with you. Naked. And and I and I love this show so much. Um, this novel was started 20 years ago. This that. novel has had 9 editors.
1: Wow. This novel has sat in the drawer. Can you hear me, Jeff? Yeah, are we okay? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Jeff, can you hear me? We're having a mercury retrograde. Okay, <laughs> he's good. He, so, 9 editors, 20 years. Wow, there's a lot of feedback. I'm getting like I'm I don't know if there's anything we can do, but we'll just keep on going. As we get feedback in real time. Okay, nine editors started it 20 years ago, uh, got, was encouraged to send it out
0: for publication, got rejected. I folded, I put it in the drawer for probably seven years, mm. took it out, had a lot of problems, had a publisher that went out of business, had an agent that led me down the garden path and broke up with me by email. (gasps) Um, This, yeah, this, this, you know, I mean, I, I don't bring it up to say, oh my God, poor me, I've suffered. But just to say that people don't realize how many artists have these backstories. Mm. Um, It's, it's, um, it's not the story that the press wants to tell, because it's kind of like, I was thinking about it, you know, when you go on a trip, they show all the beautiful shots and that, you know, <laughs> oh, you right. should come visit this city because it's so awesome, or this beach town. And then you get there, and it's like, backstage, it's not all perfect. <laughs> right. And that's, I guess that's also why I wrote You Can Be a Winning Writer. Because there's writers who are aspiring, and they look at published authors like as if that published author was hit with a lightning bolt. Right. Oh, they got the break. They got lucky. And I'm like, no, if I can do this, you can do this. And there's actual steps and everybody can do it. It just, it's perseverance. It's perseverance. So that's where the hero's journey comes in is that, you know, people have looked at me and sometimes I'm kind of, don't know if they're giving me the hairy eyeball or what, but it's like, Oh, Joan, you've been so <laughs> persistent. It's like when you put so many hours into a project, you're not that willing
1: to dump it. Right. Well, I think there's something I heard this the other day, and I and it sounds kind of boring, but I feel like it's one of those things that is actual actually gold when it comes to um, like how does one complete a project. I think momentum is is something it, because you, when you just simply get in the habit of, I show up, even if I don't feel like it, even if, even if the world is crumbling, I show up and it feels it, it's like brushing your teeth. You don't have to be in the mood to brush your teeth. You don't have to feel good about it. You just do it. It's, a good it's point. become, it's like you, there's a momentum. It would feel really strange to leave the house without doing that. And I know that I've simply gotten into the habit of just writing, and it feels awkward if I don't. I feel like I'm missing something if I don't write something every day, even if it's, even if I judge it as like complete trash. I'm going to throw it all away. Who cares? It's not my job to judge it. I'm just, it's my job to write it. Like, God, you take care of your part. I'll do mine. My part is to put my butt in the chair and write a few words down on a page, hopefully, like an hour's worth, at least a day, maybe more. But anyway, momentum, what do you think about momentum and just like the, just the practice of doing it until it becomes like a a habit?
0: Well, yes. And I want to kind of, um, you know, in yin and yang. Yes, yes, yes. So we just talked about the hard part of writing and how the novel had the, has had this rocky trajectory. At the same time, some projects do happen by magic. yes. Speaking of the Fro yes. and Getty School of Poetics, right. I mean, right. it became a poem, it won awards, it got published seven times, people asked me to publish it,
2: right. Dana,
0: your husband, asked to make the movie, I didn't have to push anything, right? you know, and yet there are some projects that we feel passionate about that don't happen by magically, like the novel, but you're still determined right. to get it going. Yeah, right. So what I did to balance kind of all of that harshness yes. was I did a lot with poetry, which for me does happen more magically. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. gotten book contracts much more easily. I have I have events, uh, people like my poetry. Yeah. So that was a balance. Yeah. And so what you're saying about momentum, yeah. Yeah. What what I say to writers when I coach them is, Just stay engaged in your writing practice. Even if it's writing a thousand word article that you get published, keep staying in your field. So it's like if you're a piano, a pianist, and you know, you're waiting for your answer to get into the L.A. fill. Well, in the meantime, you're not going to sit there for eight months. You're going to keep performing, even if it's in people's living rooms, because people talk. Right. And that's has always been my philosophy. Stay out there. Stay engaged in your field. um, No matter what uh, genre or what uh, form it takes,
1: whether it's an article or this poetry film, you just keep busy. Right. And it's it's interesting because I think the like when we allow the doubts to creep in. We, we, I think for myself, I know sometimes when I do, it can sound like it's the voice of God speaking, like you suck or exactly. you, but it's like, there's, we have to, there's like so many ways that we need to circumvent. So I feel like I want to like, um, I'd love to have tools on this show today for people who are stuck and how to get out of it. And I know like Nancy T, you're a creative, brilliant being and I mean, I know one of the things that you might say is like just be kind to yourself, be good to yourself, do something. What what's something that you do, Nancy T, if you're if you're I don't know if you you can if you're you're on the road, I know. Um you've got I'm a, here.
2: Yeah. So <laughs>
1: what's something that you do if you're having like a slumpy moment what do you what do you tell yourself what do you do to just keep suiting up and showing up because you're one of those people that is like Mary sunshine every day nobody would ever guess in a million years that you've ever had a funky moment but you know you and I both know that we both do so what do you do
2: well uh I mean I just recently had one and um, the first thing I did was I was beating myself up, I was judging myself, I was not allowing for this this card which I needed so desperately which mm-hmm. is maybe this is just a break, maybe this is me just pausing right. for a moment to collect right. myself, I didn't, I just stood in judgment and then I went wait a minute today is world kindness day <laughs> and I'm pretty much kind to everybody I encounter except for this girl in the mirror so <laughs> i i I decided to do something which you know shouldn't be a big deal but I went and got my hair cut and and colored and just tried to take nice. care of myself because I haven't had a manicure pedicure or hairdo I haven't done anything I haven't bought a shirt or jeans or anything <laughs> yeah. and that's not like this Aphrodite girl it's it's right. more but I've been helping others and doing things for other people. And I said, what if I just did for myself? What if the one I was kind to was me? Because ultimately, if you really are abusive to yourself for a really long time, eventually it's going to seep out onto other people. I can't imagine you can be horrible to yourself and and not have that bleed out at some point. Right,
1: exactly. So sometimes, I mean, mostly people listening to this show, they would, you know, it's mostly an inside job. But sometimes we need to just do something external to trigger and to flip that light switch. Sometimes we just need to do something that's kind to ourselves, even on the body level. Absolutely. A manicure is highly underrated. Um, I, I just, <laughs> A massage. <laughs> exactly. I just yeah. recently was watching the Netflix, um, the Brené Brown Netflix show. Have you seen that? The Daring? Oh my God. So I'm just going to, She her book is called Daring Greatly. And she, she quotes Theodore Roosevelt, even though she pronounces it Roosevelt. So who knows? Is it Roosevelt? Is it Roosevelt? There's two O's. But this is the quote that she read on a day where she was feeling super down, and it lifted her up, and then she named her book after it. So it's called The Man in the Arena. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best, at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly." So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. (laughs) Goosey's, goosey (laughs) alert. Oh my God. So, I mean, I think there's something about just like Joan, you're super daring. Nancy, you're super daring. You've got a film that just came out. It's the, what is it called? So we can all look it up and I wanna watch it tonight on Netflix something about uh-huh. loaves and well, fishes
2: I don't know and that seven. It, oh, oh, well feast of the seven fishes is actually in theaters right now so oh. it's not on netflix yet okay uh, but it was it was voted one of the top christmas films you must see this year oh. so it's doing very well we're oh. happy about it oh i'm so happy for you oh my god yeah. that's so great oh ooh, ooh. see <laughs> i mean did you write did you write it nancy Oh, no, no. I was just in it. Um, and, she's just you the know- star. She's just one <laughs> Not of the actors. She's even a she's star. star among other stars. Right. I'm with a bunch of really amazing, amazing actors. But um, the thing about it is because I live in Ohio, sometimes the roles aren't as plentiful and they certainly can be small. And very often they end up on the cutting room floor just because that wasn't a plot point that they needed to emphasize. But in this particular film, I happen to be in scenes with all the stars. And so I know for sure that at least one of my scenes was in there. And awesome. I think they all were, but um I've gotten really good feedback about it. Like
1: everybody oh
2: has said something about it. i seen the film? So excited. So, so that's the that. Feast
1: of the of the seven, seven, of the
2: seven of the Seven Fishes. It's, Feast of it's, it's the Seven Italian Fishes. Movie. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. So we're gonna be right back in just a moment and we're gonna hear more from Joan Gelfand. We're gonna hear more about how to dream how to dream your art, how to how to dream your art and how to make your art inform how to make your dreams inform.
0: We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show here on Unity Online Radio. And I'm your host, Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden. And I'm so excited to be here having such a lively and juicy conversation with my dear friend, Joan Gilfand, who's trying to stir her coffee with her glasses. So she's <laughs> that creative. If you have a question about your dreams, about how to interpret them, or about how you can take a dream and do something creative and artistic with it, the number to call is 816-251-3555. And before we go into more of that, I just want to make sure everybody knows that um, our show is now available on iTunes, on um, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's so exciting that we're like among the rest of the world. We're not just here hidden in the Unity Online <laughs> world it's it's exciting to be out there so check that out and also our Teotihuacan journey we've extended the the what are we calling it? The special price. We're for two more early days. Early registration. Early, thank you, Joan. Joan's going. By the way, which is so exciting. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Oh my god! And so is Nancy T. So, who, if you have been feeling the nudge to join us in Teotihuacan, you've got a couple more days of our extended. What did you call it? The, the early registration. Early registration <laughs> discount. Go to go to Kellysullivanwalden.com and scroll down to the middle of the page. And when you see the Teotihuacan banner, click on that and there will be all info about this journey coming up in January, 2020. It's going to be awesome. So my guest today is Joan Gelfand and we're talking about turning dreams to art. And earlier in the show, we were talking about how difficult it can be to be a creative artistic person and how you're dealing with the self doubt. You're dealing with criticism. You're dealing with all of that. And yet persisting. And then there's the times where it just becomes graceful and it becomes easeful and magical. And I like to think that if we were really, really, really lucid living, it would be more often that way. And I think we we had the experience of that with the Ferlinghetti School of Poetics. And the way I experienced what happened with Joan is Joan shared this amazing dream trilogy Um, three dreams in a row that she had and that she turned into an incredible poetry poem. And Joan, I always love your poetry. I mean, it's, you know, there's, I've not heard a single poem you've ever done. That's not been a uh, gobsmacker, like, ah, the penny drops. And it's just, ah, but this one, there was something really extra special about it. And I heard it and immediately I was like, Dana, listen to this, check this out. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Shouldn't this be a film? And he was like, yep, I see it. So I said, grab your camera. We're going up to San Francisco. And we filmed we filmed Joan walking through the streets of San Francisco, through Jack Kerouac Way, Telegraph Hill. (laughs) And, And it became this film and it felt like we were just being led by something magical, like kids following breadcrumbs through a magical forest and and it became this, it's become this phenomenon. If you want to see what we're talking about, go to YouTube and put in the, you can just do a, a YouTube search for Joan Gelfand and you'll find her channel. But you can also just, if you can spell Furlingetti, that's the hard part. For, it's the, the poem, the poetry film is called the Furlingetti School of Poetics. And Furlingetti is spelled, Joan,
0: F E R,
1: L I N, G. H-E-T-T-I. Ferlinghetti School of Poetics. And Joan, who was Lawrence Ferlinghetti for those who are like, huh? So Lawrence Ferlinghetti
0: was uh, one of the original beat poets. Actually still is. He's just just turned 100, which is part of the reason why I think our film has gotten so much TLC. Um, He really got famous because not only did he start a publishing house in san francisco in north beach where all the beats hung out but he defended um the publication of Allen Ginsberg's mm. howl uh which was an epic poem a book-length poem that was um being um it, it was in the courts to be censored because mm. it was so lewd mm. and uh ferlinghetti fought for that and of course that was you know brilliant battle that he fought and did he win and, and he published it Yay. and uh ginsburg you know went on to to fame and all of that but i want to i want to talk a little yeah. bit about um about us yeah and how what kelly does <laughs> really um informs this process of turning art in uh dreams into art And and i just want to make this point again so that people don't think Oh my God, magic wrote these poems, did this movie, got it published, you know, shows and film festivals. Here's the thing. Kelly's books, which help uh dreamers really understand the meaning of their dreams is a really important piece in this process, because just to sit down, and Kelly and I have taught this Mm -hmm. at the um, International Mm -hmm. Association for the Study of Dreams, where uh, where we were going with our workshop with Mm -hmm. these therapists and dreamers was yes, it's interesting, Mm. I saw a purple bird and it was flying over across the full moon and then a coyote was on fire. I mean, all of this is interesting imagery. Okay, we both agree, we love it. Yeah, And it is poetic in a certain way, but until the dreamer Mm. has a grasp of what a coyote is, Mm -hmm. what a full moon is, Mm And that's where you come into this process. Mm. And that's why I almost feel like we're in this together. Yeah. Because and, and I teach this to my students, too. You need to, whether it's Kelly's book, obviously, or any other book or system of dream interpretation that you're using, you have to spend time with that dream and really mm. meditate yeah. on what the message was so that the right. work of art mm. can... Can go deeper that mm. it's not just the visual images right um right. just yesterday, Kelly helped me unravel a dream, and I consider myself to be like, Oh man, I know yeah, <laughs> but I uh, you know you'll still have a dream where you need that that outside voice oh we all do of what does this mean to you? It's you know not to be too extreme, but it is a little bit like sitting in a therapist's office where someone says. Okay, this happened. Now let's step back and be objective. Yeah, that's what you do, and that's mm. what's so brilliant. And with the Furling Getty School, mm. it did actually turn out that the dr- that the mm. dreams mm. had enough clear information in them so mm. that. They did work as a poem, and I didn't need to go to your book and say, oh, what does it mean right. to talk to a boy on the street and say, you got to go to the Ferlinghetti school. school, man. It's totally cool and completely <laughs> wait, totally rad and completely cool. Right? <laughs> so, um, but, but I do want to... You know, as a form of teaching the people who are listening to this, yeah. when they sit down at their desk and they say, yeah. "Wow, I had this wild dream." Is it is it a is it a film? Is it a poem? Is it a short story? Is it a screenplay? I mean, like you've said, uh, James Cameron got mm. Avatar from a dream. Right now, that should get people to pay a little bit more attention totally. to his dreams, totally. to their dreams, because uh, so many
1: works of art have come
0: straight out of a dream. Right. Directly. Out Directly
1: of, out of a dream. Right. And even, um, even Marianne Cotillard, who won the Academy Award for Levian Rose, she had a dream where Edith Piaf came to her and was giving her guidance. And she says that, I mean, that gave her the edge on, in her acting to be able to embody the character more profoundly, and she won the Academy Award for Best Actress that year. So, you know, there's some do do do. She so, has my birthday. <gasps> oh, my god, this year
0: I had an important birthday. This was an important so, birthday. I looked up who had my birthday <gasps> Marion Cotillard. oh, Rumi, 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 what? born that on September 30th. That is so I cool. Was, I, I'm writing about that You one. must, Truman Capote, what, uh, Eli Wiesel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I die, people will go, Oh yeah. Joan Gilpin, add her to the list. Add add (laughs) Joan to the list. You know, I want to say something because I I thank you for your perspective on, on the value of dreams, but it's like, even with James Cameron, he wrote, he saw the, in the movie avatar, there's the place called Pandora and he got the language. It all came in his dream. It was all very vivid. Um, But he didn't do anything with it right away, but he did write it down. So he did put it into physical reality somewhere in a drawer in his in near his bed, but it wasn't until he dreamt about it again. So there's something about the power of a recurring dream. Absolutely. So so many people ask me what does it mean when it's a recurring dream, and to me, I just my my go-to answer is it's the cosmic highlighter pen saying, "Pay attention, drill here. There's something more. Don't just." think oh wow what a trip that was cool whatever moving on like and and it happened like that with you you had the 3 Dreams, And it wasn't until you had the third, third time's a charm that you were like, okay, dude, Ferlinghetti. What is it, Ferlinghetti? <laughs> and that's the first line of the poem. <laughs> what is it, Ferlinghetti? Can you remember any lines?
0: Taking is- star turns in my dreams. <laughs> and, you know, he was one of my first influences when I was a teenager starting to write poetry. Mm. He, he, he. The way he used language, his imagination, it just peaked something in me. And I, a door opened and I said, I can do this. Ah, Right. That was big. So I think on a spiritual level, he was one of my first men, you know, even though I never studied with him, but his books were my, were mentors for me, Mm. um, Mm, mm. but let me t- we'll talk a little bit so 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 Dana and Kelly made the movie it pushed every button I ever had because oh, so it Dana, effortless for no, you, it was Dana effortless. insisted that I be in the movie physically and yeah. I didn't want to oh yeah, yeah and um, had to be and so he was right on that and then um we submitted it and it it got into like two Local, uh, well one international poetry film festival which was the right place for it mm. but then we submitted it to film festivals and heard nothing until this year literally wow, so three years later. years later
1: three years also that number three again oh what's the three the three. Oh my god the, well three is three is sacred to me in a dream especially if the number three shows up or even in waking life because it's all a dream mm. it's the universe is saying something. It's like the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. It's the it's the everything. To me, it's it represents some kind of a shamanic opening, and it, it beginning, middle, end. There's some kind of completion. There's something happening. It gets. I mean, the third Ferlinghetti dream got your attention, so it's it's significant whenever the three shows up. And if the three shows up thirty three times, oh my God! <laughs> if you haven't gotten it by then, then all right. So. That's interesting. So that it took three years before. So sometimes, you know, you put your best effort and nothing happens. God knows. I mean, so you think, oh my God, I put my heart in this. I took these risks. I put myself out there and immediately nothing happens. So you want to throw in the towel, but no, you just keep going. You just do something else creatively. And then if it's meant to click, it will. And sometimes, hello, Van Gogh, not necessarily even in our lifetime. So it's not up to us. Totally. I mean, to me, I love the Esther Hicks thing where she would make the list. Her and Jerry would sit at a restaurant and make a list on a back of a, with the little thing that you'd sit down and that would be in front of the, the piece of paper on the, on the table. And they'd make a list down the, on the left side, it would be my, my stuff that I need to do on the other side. It would be the universe. It's like, okay, I'll do my stuff universe. You do all this other stuff. It's not up to me if the film festivals are gonna take it in right away, or if they ever will, or if 50 years from now, somebody's gonna read it. I love the, I can't think of the name of the film, but it was made by the same M. Night Shyam. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, was, it was after Sixth Sense, and it, it was a movie that didn't do as well, but it was about this obscure book that somebody had written that sold like two copies, like by the, the guy's mother and some accidental person that lived in this obscure uh, bookstore that all of these people happened to find years after this guy's death and all of their lives changed and it connected them profoundly. And I love just that sub theme message that it's not up to you to know if it's ever going to touch anybody in your time, it's not your job. So, um, and I know you're looking M night, Shala shallow. I'm going to get us right. I'm going to get us right. M night. Uh, okay. Yeah. But we're not online. Okay. So whoever knows, Nancy, <laughs> Do you know? M Knight Shalahong The sixth Sense
2: mm-hmm.
1: Sixth oh. Sense By Would M- you like me
2: to look that up?
1: M-night Shyamalan <laughs> there, Thank you. Shyamalama ding dong, I've heard. Bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and but Joan, let's talk a little bit about your about the C's, the four C's of being a winning writer. Because I know this this might be this is the more practical stuff. It's like once you've written down the dream, you maybe and maybe did some interpretation it it lives somewhere. so you know that there's some juice, it's got a pulse. Then what do you do to become a winning writer? What are your four C's?
0: so the uh, my idea for the book, uh, which I'm really excited about because i it's kind of a proven method, yes. is um craft, commitment, community, and confidence. Ooh because what I learned is that it's not just being a great writer anymore. We live in a social context that, um, well, everybody knows you need to get out on social media. So that's community. That's partly community. Mm -hmm. And I also uh, realized that Uh, people were holding themselves back. And so I really wanted to address confidence Mm. that it's not just all craft because I've seen some of the most brilliant writers Ah. less successful than the ones who are out there kind of pushing. Right. And so, you know, many writers, the problem, you know, kind of the Mm. paradox here is that Mm. writers tend to be, introverted yeah so how do you tell someone that has a natural you know inclination toward being introverted to they have to get out there they have to build their fan base i mean basically we're at a point right now where no agent, no publisher mm-hmm. will take on a book if you can't prove to them that you're going to sell at least 5,000 copies. Mm-hmm. Now, that means that more than your mother, your sister, and your cousin <laughs> have to buy your book, right? because we all have our families who adore us, even if they buy 10 copies, we're still at only 100. Tell so, each of those family members to buy at least 1,000 a a thousand books, books each, and <laughs> then exactly. you'll be fine. Exactly, right. And <laughs> so that's why we... There's so much talk about platform building and community and, you know, uh, an agent or a publisher will say, you know, who's who's your audience? How are you going to market this book? You can't. You know, in the old days, people could say, you know, it was enough to write the book. I'm done. Right. And you hand it over. And craft was all you needed. And that was it. And your publisher and your agent and then the publishing companies squeeze down, squeeze down, squeeze down so that the writer is responsible for basically everything. All of this.
1: Except for distribution. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The publisher will do the distribution. But I mean uh you have to get your fans you have to get out there and talk to people i mean kelly if you mm-hmm. ever added up how many times you've stood at a podium mm. oh my god or you- hundreds, oh and, my hundreds god. and hundreds and hundreds and, um, <laughs> you know, everything we do adds to the next thing that we do. So even if it's even if someone is shy and they just can write a, a blog, po- a guest blog post or mm-hmm. or um, get interviewed online mm-hmm. or write an opinion piece. I mean, you've talked about that with the, the mm-hmm. Bible, the the, By the line, byline Sue Shapiro, Susan Shapiro, byline, byline, byline Bible. Bible. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I understand that there's people that don't want to go out in public, but I will say that those are the people
1: that are going to... It'll be harder. It'll be
0: harder. Exactly. That's the way to put it. Yeah. So
1: there's something, like I remember hearing Madonna say a long time ago that she's not the best singer in the world. And there's so many people that criticize that. And she said it's not necessarily talent, but audacity that is what will make or break you in some way. So I think craft being the first of your four Cs. It is important to have like you can be as as audacious and gutsy as as all get out, but if you don't have something some talent. I mean Madonna is super talented. Let's face it. Um you got to have you got to have something to back that up. So that's like the first thing. But so it's t- it's the craft, it's the community it's the confidence and the commitment commitment, which is the hero's oh, journey. Yes. Right. So like the, the continuing, even when it's difficult just to persist. And I think every once in a while and, and dreams come into this. So where do dreams, where do dreams fit into your four? Because I know that that's one of the sections in your book.
0: I always tell people, I always tell writers to pay attention to their dreams that they can use them Um for for art. Um you know it's amazing. I think just what Kelly was saying. Don't just say, oh that was cool. But right. if there's something cool, go into it, dive into it and think about it. Meditate on it. Sometimes you don't understand a dream until a long time later. Right. So definitely use your dreams. One of the things that, that I just uh, always want to make make a point is that when Kelly said, oh, there was something extra special about Getty's School of Poetics, I think that the work that we make out of our dreams has a different
1: vibration. I <gasps> oh. do. I
0: do. Ooh. I believe that.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, because our dreams come from a different region they do. in our brain, in our psyche, in our consciousness. So in some way when you pull down, it's like there's that line in your poem the Getty School of Poetics about the knifed open dream fish. Ooh, it's like, there's something about that, 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 I mean, that didn't come from a mundane mind that did not come from, Oh, I've got to take out the laundry, do the laundry and kitty litter. And the, the knife opened dream fish. It's like that's swimming around and daddy does. I mean, there's like all these wonderful images that come from Somewhere else, and where is that? Somewhere else, it's all a part of you. Amy Newmark, the our my my publishing partner in the two chicken soup for the soul books that we did. Um, she's she's a fan of saying, Your dreams are all you, it's not coming from an angel, it's not coming from a higher place, it's all you, it's all you, it's all you. Okay, and I'm like, All right, well, sure, because we're either everything or nothing, we're connected to infinity, so sure, but it's a part of us that seems foreign, but if you can bridge it and even to me i can think of a dream like i'm working on a book right now and and i had a dream years ago that has that 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 really the dream and i nancy knows about this dream a dream where i was um where everything in my dream was five times more. It was a voice telling me, see, everything is five times more. And so in my dream, I was looking, I was in the bathroom and I was looking at like the toothpaste, like <laughs> five times more, like, wow. And then like looking at looking at my bank account, like, oh my God, I've got five times what's there. Looking at Dana, oh my God, five times as handsome. And I all of a sudden walked through my life feeling so abundant and so happy. And so, like all of the, oh, I wish I had a... It's like I didn't have any of that. I had So there was a feeling I got from that dream from years ago that gave me something. And then later, the synchronicity was that I was listening to a podcast about somebody talking about fifth dimensional living. And she was saying that in the third dimension, which is where we mostly live, it's characterized. We know we're in 3D when it's characterized by difficulty, by struggle, by them versus me, by by us, them, black, white. But you know that you're the fourth dimension is like a bridge that takes you to the fifth dimension. You know, you're in the fifth dimension when everything sparkles, when everything looks five times more gorgeous than it did with your ordinary eyes. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So it's like where you feel connected to everything and where you feel like there's this synergy. So to me, I use that dream memory. As a, sometime, as a starting point before I get into the writing of the book I'm writing right now. So even though it might not seem to have anything mm-hmm. deliberately connected to it, it has everything to do with it because it was a dream that lifted me. And Nancy, I think about your Jesus dream, your like Jesus helping you move dream and the energy that that gave you. And I'm wondering if you could even say we've only got a couple of minutes, but the energy that that gives you when you need an extra boost for whatever creative thing you're working on. Does that make any sense? Oh, I think Nancy's
2: cut off. Uh, Yes, I know. I'm here. I'm here. I was just trying to, my phone's been doing some interesting things, but Jesus said, let her through. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) No, the the dream itself, um, when I got to meet Jesus, I made a joke. I mean, I can whittle it down to this. I made a joke at his expense and he looked at me and he laughed and I got the overwhelming feeling that Jesus gets me. He gets me. And I've kept that all my life. I mean, since that happened, I have kept that. I no matter what I do, no matter how crazy it is, even wrong. I feel like he gets me, and that has helped That's a lot. So
1: beautiful. So we can do the thing that Marianne, your birthday twin, Marion Cotillard, could. What she did, where she where she asked for a dream about Edith Piaf. You can ask about a dream for whatever your creative project is and see and consider that whatever remembered dream you have is helping you with what you're working on or borrow a dream from somebody else. If you heard about somebody else's incredible flying dream or Nancy's Jesus dream or my five times more dream or Jones Ferlinghetti dream, you can borrow that dream because, because anybody's shared dream becomes the sole property of everybody or a dream that you had 10 years ago or five years ago that gives you juice. Use that it, like use it to coat yourself. Like you're wearing the coat. It's on you. It's in you. And then do approach your creativity from that place. So anyway, Joan, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations once again for winning the best poetry film in the World Film Festival and being accepted into all these film festivals and making it look so easy and all of your poetry and the four and how to be a winning writer book and soon fear to shred. So you'll have to come back on the show when that comes out. So thank you again for joining Nancy T and I today. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, everybody go check out the Ferlinghetti School of Poetics on YouTube. Go to joanegelfand.com to see more about Joan and how to get all of her books and get inspired by Joan. And join Nancy T and Joan and I and Teotihuacan this January. Go to kellysullivanwalden.com. Scroll down halfway on the page, click on the Teotihuacan banner and find out your info. You've got two more days to get the the early bird price (laughs) and join us on iTunes and Spotify, wherever, wherever dreams are sold, wherever podcasts are. Thank you again so much for joining us today. I've got Billy Ortiz next week. It's going to be an awesome show next week until we meet again. Don't take your dreams lying down.
2: Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters Podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg